Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Runs. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Rubisky, Robinson, Allen Robinson, touchdown Bears! Back with the interception, and Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. The market is running. Oh! He didn't come for the massage, he came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, no. Put a body on that man, please. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got a go. 30, 20, 10. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Three, it's under the hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are live from the first Midwest Bank studios on State Street in downtown Chicago. We are here till 10 o'clock tonight. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776 or you can tweet at us on Twitter. We'll get back to you throughout the show. Chris Benini from The Athletic, college football writer, will join us in about 12 minutes right here on ESPN 1000 as we count down the days for week one of the college football season to kick off. Thursday night, Clemson, the defending champs, are on the field against Georgia Tech. We'll talk about that game. And also, how about this? People watched on Saturday night. Miami, Florida, huge ratings for ESPN television as the opener in week zero. The Florida Gators win 24 to 20. We will talk some college football in 12 minutes right here, Abdallah, on ESPN 1000. But let's start with the NFL this hour, the National Football League. Yeah, absolutely. We're only 10 days away from the Bears opener on the lakefront against the Packers. Thursday night football kicking off. The 100th season of the NFL. And on ESPN.com, Chris, they've ranked they who they are predicting will be the best 100 players for this season. So who they think are going to be the top 100 players once we get to the end of this season. Yeah, so the 2019 NFL rank predicting the NFL's best 100 players for this season on ESPN.com. It was released today. Let's start at number 10 because I think after we go through these first 10, we're going to have some debate on whether or not who is a top five player in the National Football League. And are there some guys missing from this top 10 list? Number 10 from the Saints, wide receiver Michael Thomas. Last year, he ranked 44th But the wide receiver, he is projected in this season to have 114 catches, 1,300 yards, and eight touchdowns. Number 10, Michael Thomas, wide receiver for the Saints. The crazy stat to look at here is it says Thomas made 47 receptions when pressed at the line of scrimmage last season, the most in the NFL. His six touchdowns when pressed are only behind Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. And Antonio Brown might be one of the best wide receivers in the league. And so Michael Thomas, like you said last year, being number 44, taking that huge step with what Drew Brees, you started number 10, but if you go back to number 11, Drew Brees, 
Breeze ranks number 11. So if those two can connect a lot this season, they'll be great things as ESPN is predicting for those two. Number nine, quarterback from the Seattle Seahawks. He's 30. He ranked last season 19th. This year they have him at nine. His projections for this season, 3,600 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions for Russell Wilson. A league high 15 passing touchdowns against the Blitz last season, four more than anybody else. He's a easily a top 10 quarterback in the league. He might even be a top five quarterback in the league. You never count yourself out when you've got Russell Wilson at quarterback for sure. Hmm, top 10 players in the NFL here in Chicago. I think we have one, right? How high do you think Khalil Mack will be? Oh, I mean, Let's go to number eight. Von Miller from the Denver Broncos, the linebacker last season. He was ranked fifth in the NFL. They are projecting this season Von Miller to have 51 tackles and 12 sacks. That'll be his sixth year straight. He's reached double-digit sacks. Last year was his fifth. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. One of the most consistently productive players in the NFL. The anchor for now, Vic Fangio. I'm sure he loves going to a defense and being the head coach of a team that has Von Miller at linebacker right now. It'll be interesting to compare the stats from Von Miller to Khalil Mack from the two years of Mack with Fangio last year and now Von Miller with Fangio. Number seven, Julio Jones, wide receiver from the Atlanta Falcons. He was ranked eighth last season. The projections from ESPN this season for Julio Jones, 96 catches, 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns for the Falcons wide receiver. Needs a contract, right? He's got to get paid. He would like some new paper. He would like some new paper. He had 19 receptions last season on tight window throws, uh, most in the NFL, one of the most consistent uh, wide receivers in the NFL for Matt Ryan and the Falcons, for sure. Chris Black and Ab Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. The top 10 players in the National Football League from ESPN.com. Number six, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Packers. Last year, he was ranked number one this season, 4,000 yards, they're projecting 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions from Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of uh, prognosticators, Chris, picking the Vikings, picking the Packers to be that number one, number two team in the division. I'm sure Bears fans don't like seeing that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce back year under new coach Matt LaFleur. Well, we go from one player in the division to, uh, hmm, let's see how high Khalil Mack can go. Number five, Mm. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver from the Texans. Last year, he was ranked 24th. The projections for this season suggest he'll have 103 catches, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns for DeAndre Hopkins. He accounts for a league-high 37.7% of his team's receiving yards. So he is more than a third, a little more than a third of that team's receiving offense. Okay, we are down to the final four the top four players in the national football league and you know you can really count on your hand and go to four and figure out okay we've got this guy there's that quarterback the young hot shot quarterback mvp there's the the grizzled vet who's the greatest player of all time there's that defensive guy who everyone says is like the michael jordan of football now number four Tom Brady comes in at number four. Quarterback from the New England Patriots. Last year, he was ranked number two. The 2019 projection says 4,400 yards, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions for Tom Brady. The question will always be, Chris, when is father time going to catch up with Tom Brady? And according to ESPN's projections... Not this year. Hmm. Maybe next year. All right. So we're, Not this year, we eliminated the all time greatest quarterback in the history of the sport. He's 42 years old. He's 42 years old. Andrew Luck just retired at 29, 30 years old. 
This dude is 42. ESPN's predicting the 100 top players for this season in the NFL. You can find it on ESPN.com. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah. Number three, Khalil Mack. Mm. Bears outside linebacker. Last year, he ranked number 10 heading into the season. His 2019 projection is 61 tackles, 12 sacks wow. for the Bears defensive star, Khalil Mack. 12 and a half sacks in his first season with the Bears. Helped them pressure the quarterback on 30% of dropbacks. Their highest rate, Chris, pressuring the quarterback in... 10 seasons the most pressures on a quarterback in a decade of bears football he really is incredible and he really changes the entire outlook of this bears defense. remember the first game last season we're like oh no training camp it might be a slow start we'll mix him in here there dominated that game i mean obviously the packers came all the way back and won but still it wasn't because of khalil mack alone okay i feel like the final two says a lot about who you are as a football fan are you someone of substance or do you like flash, right? Because I feel like if you are a smart football person, I think number one's pretty obvious to figure out. Mm-hmm. But I could also see the argument made for the hot shot young MVP, the quarterback position, because that's what you need in the NFL as a quarterback. Number two from ESPN's list, Patrick Mahomes, mm. quarterback from the Chiefs. Last year he was not ranked. This year they are projecting him to have 4,700 yards 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions for Patrick Mahomes. 14 passing touchdowns while throwing on the move. We saw all those great no-look passes. You know what would be great, Chris? You know what would be great? You know what would be Stop. awesome? You know Stop. What be I'm awesome? going to number one. No, just Don't you know say what, what you're going to say. Because, you know be so because cool. anyone in this city, it's not cool to do that. You know what would be you, so dude, it, cool? Here in Chicago, it's not cool God. to do what you're going to do. It'd be so cool if Jeff Dickerson wrote the blurb okay. for number three and right. number two. Like, if he had yeah. that much work to yeah. do. Okay. Like, if he was like, I got to write two. I got to write two paragraphs, guys. Dude, I was having a good night. But now you just ruined it. How, it's always going to be anytime I see something about Patrick Mahomes, his entire career, I think you're being I'm a hater. always going to think that could, he could have been on the Bears. Number could one, Aaron Donald, defensive tackle from the Rams. Last year is ranked number three. This year, the 2019 projections from ESPN saying that Donald will have 58 tackles and 16 sacks for the Los Angeles Rams. According to ESPN's pass rush win rate, I have to say that slower, or else I'll mess it up. Pass rush win rate. Pass rush. Ru- See, Donald v. His you know, blocker. saying it fast actually helped you out. No, it didn't. Saying it slow and then repeating it is yeah. what, what tripped you uh, up there. Donald beat his blocker within two and a half seconds on league high, 46.3 of his pass rushes. You know what 2.5 seconds is, Chris? Ready? Two and a half seconds. Okay. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It's crazy fast. So the top five, Aaron Donald, Patrick Mahomes, Khalil Mack, Tom Brady, DeAndre Hopkins. Do you think there's someone missing from the top five? If you look at the top 10, the names that follow what we were talking about, 11 is Drew Brees. Then you get to 12 of Saquon Barkley, 13 Odell Beckham Jr. Are there any names from this group, uh, 14 J.J. Watt, 15 Ezekiel Elliott? Any of those names do you think could jump to the top five? Or did ESPN.com get it right with the top five names that we have on the list? I think that you could see the way that the the Giants are going to be running their team, that Saquon could make the jump and be a top 10 player. You know, it says a lot about the NFL, where we are in the NFL right now, Chris, that there isn't a single running back on the list in the top 10. And that says a lot about what Ezekiel Elliott's trying to do and getting new money, what Le'Veon Bell did before. You know what I mean? So you're going to... 
see maybe I could see Saquon jumping and into the top 10. I'm not saying he's not going to jump into the top five, but I think that the Giants are going to rely on him a lot and that could make him, he could become a top 10 player in the NFL, uh, based on what he did last season. Are we sure that Aaron Rodgers is not better? Than DeAndre Hopkins. I know it's just number five oh, and number yeah. six on the list, but to me, viewing this, I would assume that Aaron Rodgers is a top five player in the league. Is, no? is he more important? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For he's sure absolutely he's more important. More important. But this is not the question. It's not. But I think, yeah, you could, that's kind of, I mean, you know, you're kind of, I wouldn't say you're nitpicking, but. You could you could make that case. Because I think the top five that they gave us is a pretty good top five. Aaron Donald, Patrick Mahomes, Khalil Mack, Tom Brady, DeAndre Hopkins. I could put it, Tom Brady in there, though. Yeah. Or not Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I could put Aaron Rodgers there instead of DeAndre Hopkins. Would you put Julio Jones over DeAndre Hopkins? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think I wouldn't just because of the percentage stat that he accounted for 37.7%, almost 40% of his team's receiving yards. So when you're that important to the offense, I think that you're more valuable and you're a bigger part of the off, you're a bigger part of the team and, and what they do than Julio Jones is for the Falcons. Not saying he's not important. He's just not that much of a percentage because they have other weapons as well. That they use. You can find this on ESPN.com. They rank all 100 players. The, uh, I believe 49th player on the list is the next Bears player you would see. And that would be Akeem Hicks. It's fair. Who you can hear on Waddle and Sylvie weekly throughout the football season right here on ESPN 1000. Mm-hmm. So Bears get two in the top 50, both defensive players, Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. That's respectable. Good for Akeem Hicks. I believe in the NFL top 100, he was in the top 50 as well. So, uh, I, I don't think he was ranked last year in the NFL top 100. I don't think he was, he was not ranked in the ESPN projected one as well. And if you look the other, the next bear after that, I believe is number 63, Eddie Jackson. So if he can also stay healthy this year, you know, he didn't play the playoff game, but if he can stay healthy, take that next step in the in the uh, Chuck Pagano defense, it'll be huge for the Bears as well. Chris Buck and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Let's switch to this. Chris Bassini from, uh, from The Athletic, college football writer, joins us right now here on ESPN 1000. You can follow him on Twitter, Chris Bassini. He's talking with Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris, the football season is here. What was your takeaway from Saturday night? Florida and Miami, it was kind of an ugly game, but Florida escapes with the 24-20 to win on Saturday night. Yeah, I think the first takeaway is that college teams are often sloppy early. Uh, you know, week zero, week one for those teams, whatever you call it. It was a bit sloppy at times. You had two teams that had inexperienced uh, offensive lines, and you saw that with all the sacks and the pressure on both sides. Miami got sacked ten times. But I think if you're Florida, you're happy that you played kind of ugly and still got a win. If you're Miami, you're happy that Jaron Williams kind of looks like your QB of the future. So uh, I think there's a lot for both those teams to build on. What's the most interesting storyline to you going into week one of the season? Uh, in terms of the games we have in week one, I'm very curious with, with Auburn and Oregon because the Pac-12 has been down the last few years. It's been left out of the playoff. Oregon might be the best team in the Pac-12, but if they open with a loss to a, to a, mid, a middle SEC team probably in Auburn, that's going to that's gonna set, I think, everybody in the league back in terms of perception because the Pac-12 needs to get uh, back to where it, uh, 
back to a higher level with the other Power 5 conferences. Chris Fanini from The Athletic joining Chris Black and Am Abdal right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You know what's interesting about the Pac-12 is uh, Adam and I were talking uh, on Friday night about how there looks like there's a pathway for Utah to be the team to get out of the Pac-12 and whether or not if they do at 11-1 and or 12-0, and whether or not that would be good enough to still make the college football playoff. What do you think about Utah heading into this season? Yeah, I know they're they're, a, they're they've been a, a popular, I guess you'd call them a dark horse. They're they're in the Pac-12 South, which is the weaker of the divisions. There, there's nobody else in that league in that division. I think you could say is certainly going to win it. USC is down, UCLA is down, and so if you come out of the Pac-12 at 11 and one, or uh, if you come out as undefeated, you, you, I, I can't imagine an undefeated Pac-12 team would would miss the playoff. But uh, one loss, two loss, I think Utah's got a chance of anybody. That defensive line is one of the best in the country, and that's. With Kyle Whittingham, it's always going to start on defense. A lot of people are high on Michigan to make the college football playoff. Do you think Jim Harbaugh finally gets this team to the Final Four in college football? Well, I mean, a lot of line up. They, they get Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan State all at home. Shea Patterson is back at quarterback. There's just some questions. Josh Gaddis is the new offensive coordinator. He comes from Alabama. How, how, how different is that offense going to look? And then defensively, they have to replace a number of uh, really good players off of last year's defense. So there, there are some questions, but I think things set up favorably. The Ohio State is probably down. The rest of the Big Ten is probably down. And that if Michigan's going to make a run, uh, this might this might be the year. Chris Fanini from The Athletic, college football writer, joining Chris Blackenham Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What do you see from LSU this year? You know, Edjo Ogeron's done a really good job collecting talent, but can this team beat the the best of the SEC and actually win the SEC and get to the playoff? Yeah, I mean, when you think about LSU, you have to line them up against Alabama, and that's where the comparisons come from. And for for the better part of a decade now, LSU has just simply not lined up and, and been able to match Alabama. Now, Joe Burrow is back at quarterback. He's probably uh, the best quarterback they've had there in a while. He, he finished the season very strong last year. The defense is as talented as always. Uh, so, as always, you think LSU's pretty good, but then we got to see what happens when that Alabama game comes around because that usually tells us whether or not this uh, team is uh, for real. Are people not taking Georgia as seriously as they should? Um, I mean, they're they're I mean, they're a preseason top four, top five team, so I think they're getting plenty of respect. I think people just think about the last two years in the in the games that they they. Blue to Alabama when they when they had leads, especially last year in the SEC championship game when when Tua goes out. So uh, we kind of, kind of like with LSU, we just need we need to see Georgia finish it. I mean, Jake Fromm's back. The team is loaded on both sides of the ball. There are a couple holes they got to fix on defense, but uh, when it, they're the favorite in the East, especially after how Florida looked the other day, the SEC East. So. It's simply going to come down to whether you know they're, they're, the, they're the pick to win the division. If they're in the SEC championship game again, can they get past that Alabama hump? Because they'll be a popular playoff pick team, uh, but can they get over that hump? Is that going to be? Is the SEC championship game uh, in your mind going to be a de facto playoff uh, game again, or is there a way that two SEC teams could get into the playoff? I mean, it always depends how things shake out. It, 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 I think a big part is going to be the, how the Big Ten and the Pac-12 shake out. Are there conference champions in those leagues that can get in over a, a maybe a one-loss Georgia if that's what happens again? So 
the Big Ten might be down, but is Ohio State or Michigan going to be there? Can the Pac-12 bounce back with Oregon or Washington or Utah or something like that? So the winner of this championship game is almost certainly in the playoff. Whether or not the loser makes it depends on what the other leagues are doing. Chris Fanini from The Athletic joining us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah. When you take a look at the landscape in college football, is there a team, uh, maybe not in the top 10 right now, but we will be talking about them as a, a team that could possibly make the playoff uh, when we get to the end of the season? Is there a team you have your eyes on? In terms of outside the top 10, I mean, I, I, I think about Oregon. I kind of mentioned them earlier, but they're one of the most experienced teams in the country. Justin Herbert, the quarterback, might be the number one pick next year. Uh, this is a year I think Oregon's got a lot of the, the pieces in place. It's just kind of can they get put it all together with Mario Cristobal. Uh, so Oregon is the team out of the Pac-12 uh, that I'm looking at for, for, for those reasons. they got a really good quarterback, got a lot of experience on both sides of the ball. Brian Kelly's 10th year at Notre Dame. What do you make of the team that he has? They lost a few guys. They've got Ian Book as actually the solidified quarterback for once going into the first week of the season. Uh, what do you make of what Brian Kelly has at Notre Dame? Yeah, I mean, when he's got a quarterback, he's generally, you know, going to be there in contention. And I kind of expect that from Notre Dame again. Uh As always with the schedule, depends on how some of those teams look, depends how USC looks. Michigan, stuff like that. You know, last year they beat they beat Michigan in Week One with with Brandon Wimbush. By the end of the year, Ian Book was the guy, and and they looked like two different teams. So you know, Brian Kelly teams kind of evolve as years go on. But if Ian Book continues the way he played as last year went on, I, I think Notre Dame could be right there in, in playoff contention once again. Clemson will uh, uh, return as champs, and they kick off the season Thursday night on the ACC Network. Georgia Tech will face off against Clemson. How do you see that game shaping out? Do you think Clemson will cover the 36-and-a-half? That's a lot. You know, a, a few years ago, Georgia Tech was really the thorn in the side of Clemson, but but as Davo Sweeney has gotten that thing rolling, uh, it's kind of gotten on the right side of that. I, I think the rest of the ACC is just so far behind Clemson right now. Uh also, Georgia Tech is breaking in a new coach and moving away from the triple option that we're used to seeing, so they've got a lot of adjustments going on. Uh, I'm not a betting man, but I'm not surprised that uh, that line is as big as it is for those reasons. Chris, thank you. We appreciate it tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Chris Vanini from The Athletic, college football writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Vanini. Chris Black and I'm Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Thursday night, Georgia Tech Clemson, the ACC Network, the defending champs, ready for another go-around. Can Trevor Lawrence be as good as he was last season as a freshman? Well, I think that... Yes, offensively he can be better, but they lost a lot on defense. They've got uh, Travis Etienne at running back. He's going to be very good as well. Will they? They they're obviously not going to need much from him because their schedule is, as they say, very soft and very sweet and full of cupcakes. And they should be ahead in a lot of games, so he could be better. He's definitely a Heisman candidate. They're the number one team in the country for very good reason. And I just think with that. With what they lost on defense, they won't be out in front of as, of as many teams as they have been in the past because they may give up more points. But they're by no means. I don't think they're going to lose a game this season. They're going to go undefeated. They're going to be number one in the, uh, the you know wire to wire most likely. And Trevor Lawrence, luckily Clemson gets him for another year after this. Otherwise, he'd easily be the number one pick in the draft over Tua.
As far as because if you look at, at at who's going to be the better NFL quarterback, the stereotypical NFL quarterback, stand in the pocket, make your reads, go through your progressions. That's Trevor Lawrence over to a tongue of Iowa for sure. You smell that? Mm. College football. Some early lines coming. Early lines. We'll go through the lines for this weekend of college football action. Coming up next, Chris Black and Am Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris Black and Am Abdallah sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. Live from the First Midwest Bank Studios on State Street in downtown Chicago. This Saturday, Chicago's college tailgate. Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We will be there for two and a half hours on Saturday afternoon starting at noon. Our first show of the season in week one. Saturday, this Saturday. Guess what? We're back on Monday. A special Labor Day show. Why? Because Notre Dame opens the season on Monday. So you get a game on Sunday. Oklahoma plays on Sunday. And then Notre Dame plays on Monday. We will be here on ESPN 1000 from 3 to 6 on Monday afternoon, breaking down the college football weekend and looking ahead at Notre Dame Louisville. Be a recap, quick previews. We'll look at Notre Dame, what they're going to do against Louisville. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to preview the Saturday and then coming on Monday and recap all of Saturday and Sunday. So each Saturday throughout the fall, Chicago's College Tailgate, you can hear it right here on ESPN 1000. Jonathan Hood, Adam Abdallah, Chris Black talking college football with you right here on ESPN 1000. Abdallah, it's Monday night and it's time to look at the lines for this weekend. Early lines. See, here's the key. When you like to gamble on football, You got to make sure where the line has moved throughout the week. And you got to figure out where the money is coming in, where the bets are being placed, and where the best price for you to purchase your bet throughout the week. Some people like to wait right before kickoff. Some people like to get it early. And some people, like me, like to watch and see what happens throughout the week and make the decision throughout the week as we go. The problem is, Chris, some of these lines, all of these lines have been posted, some of these for months for months, so they've had a lot, lot of action, a lot, lot of movement on some of these lines. True, and week to week throughout the college football season or the NFL season, if we had an NFL slate to look at here this week for the first weekend, uh, week to week is a little bit easier to figure it out than, say, these lines that have been on the boards up in Vegas for months uh, mm-hmm. for the opening weekend of college football. Let's start with Georgia Tech and Clemson. Thursday night, you can see the game on the ACC Network. If you don't have it, demand it. Call your cable provider and demand it. it. ACC Network, new from ESPN. Uh, Clemson right now on the board, minus 36 against Georgia Tech. Yeah, it opened up at 33 and a half, Chris. Quickly went up to 36. 56% of the bets coming in on Clemson. 68% of the money also coming in on Clemson. So sharps and squares aligned on that one. That's a lot of points. All these are a lot of points. And you got to wonder, you have to wonder what kind of, of coaching staff this is. Like, so Nick's, this is a huge line for Alabama as well. Like, we'll, we'll get to Alabama. So Nick Saban in, the, in those situations is 11 and 22 when the spread is 35 or more. Not great. But then the other stat is he's really good in openers with tons of time to prepare. Yeah. So Dabo Sweeney's the same way. In games with big spreads, it's kind of 50-50, but games with all this time to prepare. So when I look at games like this, great teams, big spread, right? 
I look at the first half. That's where my money goes. The first half spread. Now a lot of these games don't have first half don't have first half uh spreads posted yet, but I imagine this Clemson Georgia Tech game is going to be somewhere in the 20s, maybe 20, 21, 21 and a half. I'll jump all over that and take Clemson. There are 6 games on Thursday night. I also smell not only some early lines of dollar, mm-hmm. maybe a 6 team teaser. Is that oh, is that something we six teams, is that what we could do? Maybe to open teaser. up the season, can we maybe do that? Maybe I, a, I might take all these uh, big a Cincinnati, spreads. a Clemson, a uh, Tulane, a Texas A and M, an Arizona State, and a, uh, oh, a Utah, and, and then we mix it all together and figure it out. Uh, so let's talk specifically the late game on Thursday night: Utah BYU. Utah's favored by six points. Yeah, and right now, 69% uh, of the bets coming in on BY, or on Utah. This game opened at 5 at 6.5 right now. 74% of the money also coming in on Utah at 6.5. If you want to get this, get this now. Because on Thursday, I can most certainly guarantee it will go up to 7. And you want to be in on that 6.5. Just scanning the weekend. Uh, some of the games that caught our eye as we sit here on Monday night. Early lines. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Wisconsin in South Florida. Wisconsin is only favored by 13. Can South Florida keep it close against a Wisconsin team for the Big Ten? Yes. Wisconsin is going to be okay this year. They're not going to be the... And that's a Friday night tilt. Yeah, that's a Friday night. You get a lot of a lot of Friday night uh, Friday night games, actually, uh, this this year. So you're, yeah, I mean, I like Wisconsin. I think right now you've got the same amount of money and the same amount of, uh, bets coming in. Uh, 69% of the bets again coming in on Wisconsin. 65% of the money. This game opened at 11. It's now at 13 for Wisconsin. If you want this again, get it now because it could go up to 14 by the time this game kicks. If more money and more bets come in on Wisconsin, you could see this go up to 14, maybe 14 and a half. Nice big spread you got there, Abdallah. That's what I'm here. here uh, ne- next game on the list, Duke, Alabama. Right now, Roll minus 35 tie. for the Crimson Tide. That's what I was referring to, Roll your big spread. Tide. That's Dude, what I, if you, if you so didn't catch that. 80% of the bets <laughs> coming in on Alabama. 87% of the money is coming in on Alabama as well. Is this one of these games where we see, if you remember last year, the first 10 games of the season, Alabama covered the first half spread. The first 10 games of the season, Alabama covered the first half spread. You know why? Because Tua Tungavailoa came out of the game a lot of the times in the third quarter. I mentioned Saban in, in games of where the spread is 35, which it's at, or higher. He is 11-22 and 22 in those games where the spread is 35 points or higher. Saban doesn't like to run up the score. He doesn't like to do it. He'll pull starters. He'll pull his first string guys for his second and third string guys. Now, a lot of times those second and third string guys are better Duke's a good, Duke's a decent team, but ultimately, again, I'm looking at the first half. I'm looking at the first half for Bama until, again, they prove it wrong. I'll take Bama in the first half against Duke because the other trend is Saban with a lot of time to prepare for teams in this opener. We saw it with USC a couple years ago. We saw it uh, last year. We saw it against Michigan. So this, this team is well prepared when they have a lot of time. 
Also on Saturday, Northwestern going against Stanford. Stanford is favored by six and a half at the moment. Well, we talked about it, Chris, on our college football podcast. You can go to ESPNRadio.com. Uh, you can go to the Pod Center and find the best of 1000 podcasts. Northwestern, very good against the spread. Uh, we also, they, uh, people think that Pat Fitzgerald, they're tough, they're hard nosed, they're Midwestern, they keep it close. And so you see 69% of the bets coming in. A lot of these are 60 for some reason. That's nice. Uh, 69% of the bets coming in on Northwestern. 89% of the money, almost 90% of the money coming in on Northwestern at six and a half, Chris. The plus six and a half. I don't think this one's going to go up to seven. So if you like it, get it now because this could go down to six and you want that hook if you can get it. Neutral site game for Boise State and Florida State on Saturday night. Florida State is the favorite by five and a half. Willie Taggart, can he get this second season off to the right foot against Boise State? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Can he? We'll see. I'm scrolling to find that game out here. There we go. Next uh, game on the list, Eric. I will just keep moving this 80, along. Listen, I got Next a lot of games on, on the list here, Chris. Eric, Eric we didn't decide. talk Eric, about what games don't we, yell over we people. We didn't talk about what games we were going to go through. Don't yell at people. I'm scrolling through here. Eric, you decide. Do you want, do you want the Abdallah's 30-second uh, blurb? Or? Of the, 92% of the bets of the money coming in on Florida State it is open at 3.5, Chris, all the way up to 5.5 right now. So if you want to get it now, because this may go up to 6 next game so we were asking eric eric uh did you want abdallah's uh nonsensical blurb there or, or did actually you... can we strick it from the record like let's yeah. get rid of it out of here uh he couldn't fill so then he just did that instead yeah just yelling over people that works on radio uh oregon auburn the late night game two ranked teams the only yeah. ranked matchup this mm-hmm. weekend a game we will definitely be talking about on chicago's college tailgate mm-hmm. auburn the favorite by three and a half uh two of the ranked teams like you mentioned chris probably the best game on the slate that day. This game opened at two and a half. Auburn, a two and a half point favorite, up to three and a half uh, right now. 50% of the bets coming in on uh, Auburn, 50% on uh, Oregon right now. And then 55% of the money, the money is actually coming in on Oregon. So Sharps think the Oregon. So Sharps are doubling down on this. They liked it at two and a half. It went up to three and a half. They like it at three and a half because right now, 55% of the money coming in on Oregon right now to beat Auburn. Late on Saturday night, Fresno State, USC, oh, Fresno State. Creep, a little late night creep. The underdog, they're getting 13 and a half against the Trojans. I'll, I will defer to you, Chris, because you here are the USC uh, fan. You like that this is your team. 69% of the bets coming in on uh, USC. Also, the uh, Sharps like this as well because a nice 69% also coming of the money coming in. This opened at 9.5. USC, the favorite, up four points. Yeah. Four points to 13.5 right now. Can they beat Fresno? Uh, they should be able to two beat. two touchdowns. Well, and, and that's the thing. If Fresno keeps this close. That's going to be a problem. Uh, Houston, Oklahoma on Sunday night. Oklahoma minus 22 and a half on the Cougars of Houston. Uh, so this opened at 26. A lot of people liked uh, Houston. So this went down to 23. Still the bets and the money. A lot of bets and a lot of money coming in on Houston. 74% of the bets coming in. 88% of the money coming in on Houston. Uh, I, I look, they, uh, Oklahoma is going to win this game. This could be a three touchdown game. That's still only 21. 
I, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna wait on this game until probably Sunday to see where this goes. But yeah, this could be this could be closer than 23. And remember, Dana Holgerson is the new head coach at Houston yeah. after being poached from West Virginia in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last game on the uh, list is Notre Dame Louisville on Monday night. Notre Dame is favored by 20 points over the Cardinal. Not a lot of movement on this one. This opened at 19 and a half. 68% of the bets coming in on Notre Dame. 30, only 36% of the money. So the bets and the money, the sharps and the squares see this one differently. The sharps like this one because you're seeing more money come in on Louisville than you are on Notre Dame right now. So if you like the underdog, if you think this is going to be a, a, a closer game, Get it because the money may push this back down to 19 and a half or even 19 by game time. Because what's going to happen, Chris, is people are going to lose on Thursday. People are going to lose on Friday because Vegas always wins. They're going to lose on Saturday. They're going to lose on Sunday. And then they're going to put a bunch of money on Monday because that's what happens. You go to Chase on Monday and you're going to see this line change maybe back down to 19 and a half, maybe go to 19. Joe Porter tweets us at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. Is Michigan going to cover? Michigan will be playing Middle Tennessee. See, on Saturday, Michigan is favored by 34 points. Uh, so this game has a lot of movement on it. 29, it opened at 29 and a half points. Michigan, the favorite. 75% of the bets coming in on Michigan. Chris. Chris. And that's, that's early lines. Chris. What? 90. 90- Eight yeah, percent of the money go the other is way. going on Michigan. Put it no, in a teaser. Go sharp, the other way. That's the sharp money. That's the money. That's the money. Oh, I thought. I thought. I thought. No, you the said bets and the money. Seventy-five percent of the bets. Ninety-eight percent right, so of the money. So everyone's on Michigan to, to beat them by over thirty. I think we take all these big spreads. Yeah. We take Clemson. We take Bama. We take Oklahoma. We take all those big spreads. Tease them down. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, tease them down. Yeah, it's a tease factory. We're, we're, that's all we're going to do on Saturday. Pad the wallet. Tease nonsense. Pad the wallet. Week one. Pad it with teasers, my friends. Okay, Chris Black and Al Abdallah. That's early lines. Mm. It's Monday. You got to pay attention to this stuff because as we go through the week, we will see what happens with the line, whether or not it moves. We'll be back on Saturday for Chicago's College Tailgate to give you our best plays for the for the Saturday and Sunday and Monday of college football this week. Chris Bluckingham, Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Did you see this tonight? Carly Lloyd, U.S. soccer star, world champion, has been offered an, a, an offer from a team in the NFL to kick in a preseason game. That's a real story. We'll talk about it next. Bluckingham, Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Chris Bluck and Adam Abdallah singing in for Jonathan Hood tonight. Thanks to Eric Ostrowski for producing tonight's show. Uh, breaking news from Fox Sports. Carly Lloyd, U.S. soccer star, has received an offer from an NFL team to kick in a preseason game here in the final week of the preseason. Uh, it's not said whether or not she has accepted the offer, and it doesn't say what the team is who has offered her a position to kick in an NFL preseason game here in week four of I, the preseason. I believe there's a women train, women's soccer training thing going on that day, so she can't do it, but uh, it's 100% the Bears. Do, do you hope it is? I hope it is. So oh, do yeah. I. I For wish the circus, it was too. Yeah. Black and Abdallah, have a great night. In for Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Oh, what? 1000.